Welcome to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, just a guy who's trying to live a great life and learn the best way to live it. This show is for the everyday human being that feels exactly how I feel, and every week I'll be bringing you weekly episodes on how to get better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially, so you can have a great mental diet. Well, 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 we're back. Episode 23. I just got off a, off a great conversation with my mum, and uh, I was just laughing about how sometimes in life you just need to tell people to fuck off. <laughs> uh, it feels so good to say that. You ever just you ever just had that where you just like like you just you just tell somebody to go fuck themselves. I saw this great video on Instagram recently. It's like and it said it in this exact voice. It's like sometimes in your healing journey of healing yourself, you just need to tell more people to fuck off. <laughs> oh my God. Because here's the thing. If you tell somebody to fuck off and that person keeps going through life and keeps encountering people telling them to fuck off, that will be one of the most beautiful lessons that that person will ever get if they get the lesson of maybe they're just complaining about their problems and they're not actually doing anything about it. Just like if somebody gets fired from a bunch of jobs or if somebody gets broken up with over and over and over again, it's a beautiful lesson. It's a hard lesson, but the lesson is maybe, maybe it's you. <laughs> I was like that when I was younger. I literally got kicked out of from a bunch of houses when I was probably about 19. Um, I got kicked out of a couple of houses in Perth where I lived. And these were people that liked me. One of my good friends, Jake O'Donnell. Shout out to, if you're listening to it. Who knows if you are? He, uh, I was living in his house. I was just a slob, man. I'd just leave shit in the sink. And he was like, man, like he would warn me a bunch of times. He's like, dude, you're really hard to live with. And he liked me as a person. I know he did. I'm a likable person. But if you are a slob and you don't take things out of the laundry, and if you don't clean up your dishes, it starts eroding the trust and the friendship you have with a person, unfortunately. And I got kicked out of a bunch of houses. I got kicked out of that house and I kicked out of the next house. And then I came to Canada. And for some reason, I just kept on getting kicked out of houses. Got kicked out of two houses in one in Asoyas, where I first moved to Canada. I was a bartender there in 2014. Then I moved to Kelowna in BC, that an hour and a half north of Asoyas. And I lived with this guy and I got kicked out of that house. And I was like, I remember looking in the mirror one day and being like, all these people, they can't all just be assholes. <laughs> they can't just all be dicks. Like, like there's something else going on here. <laughs> And that was when I had to have the horrible but amazing realization that it, there's a possibility that it's me. <laughs> there's a possibility that I'm the problem. 
and that I'm the issue because I moved from one continent to the other, literally as far away from the other continent as you can possibly get from Australia to North America. And for some reason, the problem just came with me. It's weird. It's like that people are rude and kick people out of houses here too. This is strange. What's what's going on here? You know, people just always take advantage of me. Like, well, man, it's, maybe it's you. Maybe, maybe you're getting taken advantage of because you're letting people take advantage of you. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's just like I just can't have a serious relationship with anybody because they just all cheat on me. Well, fuck, man. Like, that sucks, but it's probably you. I don't know why this is funny. I'm just like laughing. I'm usually very serious about it because people's shit is, it's their shit. But if we can't laugh about it, then what's the point? It's like comedians. That's why I've been watching some comedy lately and I just realized we're just laughing at people's trauma. Like people just, it just spews out of them. It just comes out of their mouth. Like I watched this one recently with Bill Burr. And he was talking, he was talking about how he had this experience on mushrooms and he had realized all this deep stuff about himself. And he was talking about his childhood and how he was so fight or flight most of the time that his hair was falling out when he was like 12 years old. And he's like, that was just fucking normal back in the seventies. And people, there's thousands of people laughing at it. It's like, holy shit, that's not funny. <laughs> That's a, that's a little scared kid that is traumatized and having a terrible time because he's terrified of his father. And there's thousands of people 30, 40 years later laughing at it because Bill Burr is making fun of it. And it's just like, holy moly. But here's the thing. If we can't laugh at ourselves, I've laughed at myself a bunch of times. Like I've like, I've had some deep, crazy realizations about myself where I'm just like, oh, shit, <laughs> that's all me. I did that. And until you get to that point, you will never be able to live in your power because if your power is given away to people who are outside of you, say bad thing happens to you, right? The response that affects your life is called a trauma response. It is the thing that starts to affect your life. Say you were sexually abused. Say you were physically abused. Say you came from a war-torn country. Say you, your mom or dad never told you that they loved you. That is an event. Then your response to it is the trauma response. And that's what the thing that affects your life. It's like one of my good friends, Mitch who I did a podcast with, go back and listen to it. Mitch Vickridge, we are going to run it back again. That guy is fucking amazing. But he said he became bodybuilder because when he was 18, he saw a bodybuilder. He's like, I got to go do that. And he realized through doing all this work on himself is that there was an event that happened when he was eight years old, where his father, who was a war veteran, probably had some PTSD, probably definitely had some PTSD, grabbed his brother, in a certain way that made Mitch feel powerless. 10 years later, when he saw a bodybuilder at the gym, his little eight-year-old version that got stuck in that moment, because that's what a trauma is, that the little versions of us get stuck. We have to go back and spend time with them and help them become unstuck 
got stuck at eight years old and he had this response, which is a defense mechanism from that event. And his defense mechanism was, if I get big enough and strong enough and muscly enough and just powerful enough, I'll be able to go back and help my brother in that situation because I felt powerless and hopeless. And literally, like, it's like, holy shit, man. Like, one event like that can cause somebody to make a career move or decision about their life that happened when they were very, very young. I've met entrepreneurs that grew up with no money at all. And they're so terrified of that feeling of no money that they just go made a shit ton of it. Problem is the feeling doesn't go away no matter how much money they make, because it's not a, it's not a money problem. It's an emotional problem. And it's a defense mechanism that you created when you were younger. Um, but yeah, start off funny, got more serious. But here's the thing. Here's the actual original idea I had for this podcast today. And I was just talking to my mom about a number of different things. Beautiful woman. So grateful to have such an amazing mother in my life and an amazing father as well. I'm going to leave that out. He's amazing too. Um, that a lot of people are driving along in their life. You've heard this before, but I'm going to dive into it a little bit more. A lot of people are driving along in their life, trying to drive their car, but they're staring at the rear view mirror. They're staring at their past. And do you know what happens when you do that? You bump into things, right? Imagine you're driving a car and you're staring at the rearview mirror. You just bump into a curb or you bump into a sign or you bump into the meridian or the curb. Well, as you go, drive past that, that beca then becomes in your rearview mirror, right? You're like, oh, look at that curb that I just hit. I'm always doing shit like that. Look, look at that thing I did in the past. Typical me. It's like, stop fucking looking in the rearview mirror so much. There's a reason the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield because you're not supposed to look at it the whole time. You're supposed to look at where you're going. When a boat is sailing through the ocean, the waves that it creates behind it do not affect where that boat is going. Do they? Think about a boat plowing through a beautiful calm ocean. It creates those ripples behind it. Do those ripples affect where that boat is steering and where that boat is going? No. So why does it for people? Well, that analogy of you constantly staring at the rear view mirror, you're constantly thinking about the past, you're constantly giving yourself evidence of why you will continue to do the thing that you did in the past. What's the point of getting in this relationship? They always end up bad. Well, what you're doing is you get in the new relationship instead of staring out the windshield at the new beautiful person you have in front of you and the new relationship you get to cultivate, you're staring at the rear view mirror again, being like, well, my last boyfriend was a guy. Oh no, this guy is also a guy. Oh no, it's going to be just like my last one. <laughs> this guy, uh, this guy is a, happens to be very similar to the last guy because he's a man and the last guy was a man and you'll just find similarities from there. And this guy works out and the last guy worked out too. Yeah, pretty common factors, but 
you're constantly staring at the rearview mirror and then it will just turn your future will turn into the the rubble of your past <clears throat> it's kind of sad it's kind of funny it's also not funny at all but if we can look at it and feel those feelings and be like, fuck, man, that's not good. That's not good. What am I going to do about it? Because in the end, everything that you've ever been through, you were there. You are the center of your entire universe. People use that as like a, a diss. You're the, you think you're center of the universe? Well, actually, everything that has ever happened to me, I was there. So kind of. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I am the center of my fucking universe because I've never experienced any other universes because I've just been living in mine and I've been there at all the things that have ever happened to me. And I was there. So if you can, it's it's. There's so many books about it. Extreme Ownership's one of them. It's basically been like, okay, all the shit that's happened to me, all the stuff that's happened, not necessarily, I can't control that my mom died of cancer or this happened or that happened or that I broke my leg or I got in that car accident or my friend passed away. You can't control any of that. But then there's responses that are created from that. And as we get older and as we learn more about ourselves, it's now our responsibility to go back and do the work to heal the defense mechanism that was created to keep us safe from feeling certain emotions at that time. And you don't have to, you could just, most people don't. <laughs> and then you get comedy with some of these comedians where you're watching and you're like, holy fucking shit, you are damaged. And they're making jokes about it and you're kind of laughing at it like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God. Are you okay? Like, wait a second. Are you okay? They're like, nope. And then they laugh again. It's like, holy shit. But that's the beautiful, tragic thing about it. Some of the most beautifully funny, beautiful human beings in the world. Think about Robin Williams and all these people that are so talented and, and people love them so much. And they provided so much joy in the world. They couldn't find the joy within themselves. And so they thought maybe they have to give it to everybody else. And if that line resonates with you, then it's time to put you first. It's time to realize that you're amazing. You're beautiful. Just how you are, despite everything that you've been through, despite everything that's happened to you, despite all the abuse or the addictions or whatever, all the times you've been fired, all the time, the relationships that haven't worked. You're a beautiful human being. You're on this planet. You're here for a reason. And even if when you're listening to this, even if you think that's mumbo jumbo fucking bullshit, get off your high horse. You think you're all spiritual because you're talking about this stuff and you did some psilocybin and some LSD and you think you're fucking fantastic. No, I just kind of remembered that despite everything that I've been through, I'm enough exactly how I am, even though I'm not perfect. And to strive for perfection is 
a silly goal because what makes us beautiful is that we are flawed. What makes us so special is that we have flaws. It's like if you love someone, if you really, really love someone, the silly little things they do, you love them more for it. The way they react to certain things and you just look at them, you're like, you're fucking, I love you. I love it when you do that. Lexi does things sometimes and I just love it. I don't know. I just fucking love it. Like, I don't know. I just love it. Like if it's like her special cup or something, she's like, you're not allowed to use that. And I'm like, well, I just want to fucking use it so I can see how you react to it. And it just makes me love you more. It's just little things like that. And we're, we're beautiful because we're flawed. So what is the, moral of this podcast what is the message of this podcast realize that life is at the exact same time horrific and brutal and also beautifully magic horrifically magically beautiful And if you can see the dichotomy and the contrast between the two and you can dance between the two and feel all the things you need to feel, you'll have an amazing life and you'll be able to connect with a bunch of different people. So have a great morning, afternoon, evening. Hope you got slank out of this one. I had fun talking about this, just having a, having a rant and, uh, Hope it puts a smile to your face or makes you think or feel a different way. And love you guys. I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. If you found any value at all, please share this with a family member or a friend or just a guy or a gal walking down the street. Just anybody at all. If you feel like it could help them and benefit them from the conversations that we're having. It would mean the world to me if you could also leave a review. It helps grow the show. It helps the algorithms. And I also do love connecting with my listeners. So please reach out to me on social media. The best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. My Instagram handle is Aaron Lynch Potter. And that's spelled A-H-R-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H-P-O-T-T-E-R. Thank you so much once again.